mission Gonna solve a mystery Underneath the moon, underneath the stars Scooby and the gang are here Sitting by the fire, playing our guitars Get me here, I can't fight back here this is a nice sight i'm surprised it wasn't destroyed yet yeah i guess because we were somewhere else yeah probably it was out of render distance yeah <laughs> had to despawn the chunk <laughs> uh i guess i guess we still need to do the whole getting some podcast energy did did we yeah. have anything left over to talk about <sighs> well there was one thing. Oh? I didn't think we should count it, but... I mean, I guess we need to. I mean, I guess it is what we have left. Because I think we we covered everything. And there hasn't been any, any, any announcements. No, I checked. The only announcement was that, that fan thing that I am not going to even begin to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay. I guess we're going to be talking about Scooby-Doo Adventures, colon, the mystery map. Oh, that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it really like, even a movie? It counts. I guess. It, it is. Wikipedia lists it as, like, the 20th in the line of direct-to-video Scooby-Doo films. Okay. It's a, it's a TV pilot, but it's a movie. But it's a TV pilot. Yeah. It uh it premiered on July 21st, 2013 at San Diego Comic-Con and was released on July 23rd, 2013 as a digital download and as a Walmart exclusive DVD. Hmm. And then it was later released everywhere on DVD on February 11th of 2014. It was directed by Joe McNoff, screenplay by Tosh E. Mob, and produced by David and Adam Rudman, uh, featuring the voice acting talents of Frank Welker as Fred Jones and Scooby-Doo, Stephanie D'Abruzzo as, or da, I'm gonna say D'Abruzzo, as Velma Dinkley and Shirley Stokowski. Mm. I didn't know they had a last name. Uh, Great Delisle Griffin as Daphne Blake and Dr. Escobar. Matthew Lillard as da, er, da, blah, 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 as Daffy Duck, no. Matthew <laughs> Lillard as Shaggy Rogers. John Reese davies as Gnarly Beard. D. Bradley Baker as Ye Phantom Parrot and Stu Stokowski. Oh, I'm not surprised. Stu Stokowski. Stu Stokowski. <laughs> Jeff Bennett as Lighthouse Lou and the Hot Dog Vendor. And featuring the puppeteering talents, because this is a puppet film with puppets in it, mm -hmm. of David Redman as Scooby-Doo, Eric Jacobson as Shaggy Rogers, Matt Vogel as Fred Jones, Stephanie DeBruzzo as Velma Dinkley and Shirley, St St Shirley Stokowski, Alice Dinian as Daphne Blake and Dr. Escobar, Peter Linz as the Phantom Parrot, Gnarly Beard, and Stu. Oh, and also Lighthouse Lou. Really, really pulling in a lot of puppets there. And Paul McGinnis as additional puppets. Um, basically, every single one of those puppeteers has a history of working with the Jim Henson Company. Who was not involved with this film whatsoever? Yeah. Uh, most notably, Stephanie D'Abruzzo, who is playing Velma both in puppet and in voice. Uh, for the only time she'll ever do so. Um... 
does the voice, the current voice, since 2015, of the Sesame Street character Prairie Dawn, who is the pink one with the blonde hair that wears the dress. Gotcha. You've probably seen her. I will admit, I'm not on the pulse point of Sesame Street characters right now. I sent you a picture. Awesome. Um... Yeah, I got some other trivia here that I pulled. Uh, it's the first and only puppet movie in the Scooby-Doo franchise. <laughs> it's the first direct-to-DVD film to have the Genghis kids, and they're based on their uh, pup named Scooby-Doo incarnations. Yeah, you could really tell that. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie DeBruzzo also uh, dropped some info behind the scenes about this film, um, such as while the film is credited to re- director Joe McNoff, uh, it's as a pseudonym. I don't know who actually directed it, but that's a pseudonym, according to her. Uh, And also, according to her, uh, this was intended to be a pilot for a potential TV series, which ended up never being picked up as of 2020. I could see why not, because it is just a pup named Scooby-Doo, but puppets. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, trying to, if you're trying to figure out what to do with Scooby-Doo, pointing it at a slightly younger audience and doing like the Sesame Street puppet thing. Mm Mm-hmm. While that's not really in vogue right now, that was more of like an early 2000s thing when you think about like Bear the Big Blue House and that one Winnie the Pooh one and the Dr. Seuss one. Mm-hmm. You know the ones. Yeah. Yeah, like but that, then again, like Blue from Blue's Clues became a puppet-ish relatively For recently. Was that recent? I thought that was like 2010s. I might be misremembering, but I could have sworn. Don't know. I can't. I can't find out. Oh, I'm definitely misremembering because it's like a completely. It's like a spinoff that was puppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Scratch that. Yeah, I don't remember when that spinoff came out. That's what I, what I was trying to find, but I could not. I could not find. Anyways, that's it for my back behind the scenes trivia. Um, we opened on the spooky montage of some dioramas, and then we cut to the mystery ink treehouse. Yep. Which, that is based uh, off of something in a pup named Scooby-Doo, right? It's been a very long time. I believe they had a treehouse in that. Yeah. Um, they also had a treehouse in uh, the hit James Gunn film, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Oh, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the gang are just kind of just hanging out in the treehouse, doing their, like, stereotypical, this is the gang and their individual characteristics thing. Yep. Fred is working out in front of a mirror. Yeah. Film is doing computer stuff. Daphne is organizing her closet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shaggy and Scooby order a pizza. Yep. We get introduced to the delivery driver, Stu, who is also mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah, he's he works for Pirate Pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, um they ordered a like a, a, a pizza and a triple extra large pizza with peanut butter and potato chips and pickles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is so much peanut butter on this pizza. Like instead of cheese, they did peanut butter. It's almost like instead of sauce, they did peanut butter. Yeah, it's a flatbread with peanut butter and pickles and chips on it. Yeah. And also green goop. Like, just some green slime is on this one for some oh, reason. Yeah. And I don't know why. Just... Because they have another one later and it doesn't have the green slime on it. Interesting. I guess it's just uh, to make uh, an emphasis on how grossed out the rest of the gang are. Yeah, because uh, they're just like, yeah, uh, we were hungry, but actually we don't want anything to do with this. Yeah, very typical uh, Sh- Scooby and Shaggy kind of situation mm-hmm. so they start eating and uh scooby accidentally bites into something that's on the pizza in the pizza in the pizza in the pizza underneath the uh, the layer of peanut butter yeah um it's a treasure map 
that he's bitten into. Mm-hmm. And we get some exposition from Velma. Yeah, it boils down to, hey, this leads to the treasure of Gnarly Beard the Pirate. He is a spooky pirate. Um, his beard has, stinks. Uh, his beard stinks so bad that it knocks people out. Yeah. He has uh, a and parrot. And also he had a pirate called the Phantom Parrot. Uh, and this is just, it is a massive parrot with a terrifying squawk and a hook hand and an eye patch. Yeah. Um, and then as they're talking, the Phantom Parrot shows up. And the Phantom Parrot is larger than any of them. Of it's course. very just, it's so big. Yeah. Um, it shows them the treehouse, it steals the map, Fred tries to stop him, but then he gets ran over as the parrot just uh, looney tunes through the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they start so following funny. it. Um, yep, they're tracking parrot tracks through the woods. This parrot cannot fly. Nope. They stop in front of a cave, and at this point I realize in this lighting that all of these puppets have glitter on them. Oh, they do? I didn't even notice. Yes. Is it, you can't tell when the light is on, but when they're in the dark, they are reflecting light. You can, like, very clearly see, like, little spots of light on their felt. Interesting. I wonder that there must be a lighting, a way to light them. Yeah, I think it is so they're more noticeable yeah. in the dark, I want to say, but yeah. I, I couldn't tell you for sure. That's an it interesting It could just be a side choice. effect of the material. Yeah. I, I, I want to point out something. Uh, Velma calls Fred Fredward. Yes. Which I found very uh, that- that is a trivia point that I found where it's like, Velma calls Fred the incorrect name Fredward when his real name's Frederick. Listen. Listen. <laughs> and they were like, this could be because it's a different universe. Um, no, that is just a friend poking mm-hmm. fun at her friend. Yeah. It's like, the, the amount of times I would call Fred Fredward would be uh, out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there's some distinctly not blood on on the cave. Yeah. Uh, and so Velma swabs it and hands it to sudden out of nowhere scientist Dwayne, who I wish we saw again, but we will never see Dwayne again. I am desperate to know what Dwayne's deal is, because he's just a lab assistant, I guess? Dwayne is like, what if there was an adult human version of Beaker from the Muppets? Yes, exactly. That's, that's the puppet vibe there. I just, I love, I love the idea in this, in this alternate universe where this show got greenlit. Of Dwayne just showing up to take samples and give Velma those sample results. It's like in A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, the uh, Daphne's butler. Yeah. Who would also just show up. Yeah. I just, I love that idea so much. It's so funny. We would definitely have gotten an episode specifically focused on Dwayne, uh, but we wouldn't really learn anything about him Mm -hmm. in this alternate universe that I've conjured. Um, uh, so Fred is such a goofball buffoon in this, yeah. Um, because there's a lot of points where one of them will just say, like, or usually Velma is like, "All right, I guess we gotta go into this cave," and then Fred will be like, "Hold on, wait a minute, let me take a look." Yeah, yeah, I think we gotta go inside this cave. Yeah, he does it again. He only does it twice, I think, right? And he does it a third time. Okay, at the very least, he does it now. He does it at the entrance to the cave, and I know he does it on the plane. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, but in any case, they go in to explore this, the cave, and they run into a spooky shadow, but it ends up being um, Dr. Escobar. Yes, not to be confused with, I think that was the name from the, the musical, but I don't remember. Yeah. Um, she um, is an archaeologist, and she's very yep. grumpy seeing these people here. Yes, and uh, she has her assistant here, Shirley, and I love Shirley. Shirley's fun. Shirley is so fun, at least in this part of the movie. Yeah. 
when she shows up again at the end, it's less good. Yeah. Um, they like change her characterization then for some reason. Oh, it's because you know it's a kid show; they have to fit it. Yeah, but like, she's just like quick answers, but like kind of sarcastic about it in a way that's like very like bluntly sarcastic in a way where she doesn't intend to be sarcastic. Mm-hmm. It feels like. Um, I wish I wrote down any quotes, but I did not. Yeah. Um, Fred does the thing where it's like, ah, a girl, I'm gonna be smitten. Yeah. Comments on her uh, perfume. Yep. Which no one else brings up ever. Yeah. Uh, and the archaeologist is like, hey, stay out of my way of, stay out of the way of my discovery, mm-hmm. or else something will happen. Yep. Uh. And then ye phantom parrot shows up. Yeah. Uh, and then we uh, get a chase sequence, which has hey, did a- did you recognize the song? No, I do not. Um, well, this is the song that played from Camp Scare. Okay. I was going to say, this is a very strange song to have because it has <laughs> nothing to do with the the movie. Um, so I think they just didn't have budget for new music. Absolutely, yeah. I think they spent all of their budget on puppets. Um, but they needed music for purposes of this is a pilot for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and a chase sequence. So they, I think they dug into the archives because this song and the two other songs that happen in this film are from movies that we've seen before. Oh, I didn't notice at all. Yeah, so this one is from Camp Scare. It's uh, Here Comes Summer. I'll probably put it again at the beginning because I think it's a good song. Yeah, it is a good song. That's probably why they picked it because it's a good song. Mm-hmm. But after the chase sequence, um, they find another clue, which is a red bicycle. Just yep. there, just sitting on the cave floor. Um, and then they find a, a, an exit, but the exit is um, blocked off. And we get the sound of the parrot laughing, so presumably it was the parrot trapping them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fred tries to, to football tackle it down. It does not work. No, because he's a puppet so- and he's trying to tackle rocks. Mm-hmm. So they give Scooby a Scooby snack, uh, and it's it's so funny just watching, looking at this puppet stand. Yeah, I posted a picture of it in the chat when it happened. Yeah. when I was watching, it's just it's so it's such a funny image of a dog. Yeah, it really is because he gets kind of like squished, and then he turns into a ball. Yeah, he just becomes a big orb. Yep. Um, and then Shaggy bowls Scooby Doo through the door, and it's and so escape. funny. Okay, so. When the initial blockade happens, you think, oh, this is a very strange looking blockade. It's like, in, in little sections, it's almost like claws looking, these rocks. And then you get the um, the the bowling them down, and they bowl and scatter like bowling pins, and you get the knockout sound of bowling pins. And it was just like, oh, okay, that's hysterical. See where was I? Um, um, okay, yeah, yeah. So when they get out to the other side, they see the lighthouse and they hear the parrot, and they're like, "Okay, so that means we got to go to the lighthouse, right?" Yeah. And they go into the lighthouse, and it's an old, rundown building with that no one's ever been in. Presumably, that's not true, but presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, and Velma finds brand new glasses and a telescope in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they're looking at that, suddenly the light lighthouse man appears, Lighthouse Lou. Um, and they're like, hey, we're looking for a parrot. And he's just like, uh, you know, big green hook hand eye patch. Never seen it. <laughs> but I did hear something at the top of the lighthouse. And then when they look up at the top of the lighthouse, he disappears. Yeah. And no one's been to the top of the lighthouse for years. So the thing about Lighthouse Lou that I really like, but also it's super creepy, is the the way that the puppet moves. It's like he's breathing. 
really heavily. Yeah. It's disur- dis- dis- disturbing. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. Uh, there's a parrot noise. The was like, I think I've solved it, but we gotta catch this parrot first. And so it's time for a plan. <laughs> and um, this plan involves Shaggy. Yeah, Shaggy is doing his best impersonation of a shitty white person on Twitter.com. <laughs> Shaggy says, I've never been a giant cracker before. Sure, Shaggy. Um, yeah, so he's a giant cracker, parentheses, food, close parentheses. Um, <laughs> to lure out the parrot. Uh, and so this is a lot of Shaggy climbing these stairs to fill out this runtime. Oh yeah, I skipped um, ahead a little bit. <laughs> Um, um part, most when he gets most of the way up, he starts eating the disguise. Um, <laughs> and the parrot takes a bite because they get to the top, and the parrot's there. Yeah, and then the parrot chases him back down. There's a moment that I there there is a single moment that did get me. I lost it. There is a moment as they're going down this cookie cutter. It's the same set staircase each time. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, has. and because he went up for so long, he's got to go down for an equally yes. as long. But there's a moment in one of these little sections where there's just like elevator music and they're, they take the escalator they're taking the escalator down. <laughs> and, they and they're not even looking at each other. They're just like staring directly at camera. They're two steps away from each other and they're just kind of like looking around and then directly they reach the, the end and then they resume being the chase sequence. It, mm-hmm. I lost it. It was hysterical. It, it was it, it was good. A lot of lead up to that one, but you know what? It was fine. It was it was worth it. Uh, the parrot corners Shaggy menacingly, but then gets caged, and it's time to solve the mystery. They unmask him, and it's pizza, pizza delivery, delivery boy, boy stew. So yeah, yep. a- apparently the map had accidentally fallen into the pizza when it was getting baked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the red goop that they found that wasn't blood was pizza sauce, mm-hmm. and. Everything else that they found was his too, including the map. Yeah. Um, because he's the the great 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 grandkid of Gnarly Beard the Pirate, maybe. maybe. Um, and and he, he would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. But you're also a kid, and, and you've meddling. been meddling. <laughs> I could also see that being the the thing that they do at the end of every episode is that it was also a meddling kid. Yes, that would be a really fun way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. They've solved the mystery. Uh, yep. Uh, and so they they head back to the um the treehouse. Yep. And they're lamenting the lack of real treasure that must be out there somewhere. Um, and Scooby uses the parrot costume to scare Shaggy, Shaggy, scare Shaggy out of more pizza, which is the pizza before, but this one doesn't have the goop on it, the weird green goop. Yeah. Because it's no longer supposed to be disgusting. It's there just as a prop. Yep. Um, so now we just get a sudden song interlude in between the two episodes. Yeah. It was so funny because I went into this blind, right? And I was thinking, this is really going very fast. I'm not even what, halfway? I'm not even- I also did not know it was two episodes until you told me. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Like, why is the mystery getting solved so quickly? And I'm like, oh, it's a two-parter. Okay. That makes sense. It was Mm -hmm. very strange. Uh, this music is from Abracadabra Do. It's the song Abracadabra Do. Gotcha. Um, so there's still the treehouse afterwards, as the the gang are watching a news report on Stu being arrested. Arrested. It's very strange. It's like, they don't say it's like this is the final delivery boy for pizza delivery boy Stu, who was caught red-handed during. Yeah. Um. Um. <laughs> they they talk about the map. 
Yeah, and Velma realizes that the map they have is missing the X that marks the spot. Mm-hmm. The X marks the spot. <laughs> they only ever refer to it as the X marks the spot. Yeah. Which makes sense, um, considering what it ends up being. Yeah. Uh, it's it's missing because Scooby took a bite out of the map when it was in the pizza. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Velma wheels out an X-ray machine. Yeah, Velma uses an X-ray machine to scan the missing piece. And like, okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So they use it to find the hidden treasure of Gnarly Beard. Yeah, uh, so they uh, it was on the creepy old abandoned bluff that was right next to the creepy old abandoned lighthouse. Yeah. And as they leave, there were spooky eyeballs watching from outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're walking through the woods again. Mm-hmm. Lots of noises. And they hide as Shirley and Dr. Escobar walk past. And also there's just a hot dog cellar nearby. Yeah, of course. So Shaggy and Scooby cartoon pie float over to the hot dog stand in the middle of the woods. <laughs> you know, I just served another kid a hot dog a little bit ago. Is there a kid convention happening in these woods? <laughs> No, uh, you better not be searching for that treasure. Anybody who searches for that treasure is never seen again. Anyway, here's some hot dogs. It's just, it's, I gotta say, it's a very charming puppet show. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't take itself seriously, because why would it? It's puppets. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't know how well it would have done if it had gotten greenlit, but by itself, these two episodes, they're, they're, they're cute. For what they are, I think. Oh, excuse me. I think the problem is that Warner Brothers doesn't have the uh, the Nick Junior equivalent that they could even pitch this to. Yeah, it's like if they had like, that ap- a capability of having that kind of split audience. Because like they would either be able to put it on Boomerang, which I which no one has, um, or not everyone has. It's like a, a, a satellite only thing, which most people do have satellite television now, but mm-hmm. um, you know, um. Or, like, have, like, a cable package that involves, you know, mm-hmm. having a company that does all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they don't... Like, streaming wasn't super, super big at 23rd. I mean, like, it was big, but it wasn't, like, super, It super was not big. nearly as much as it is now. Yeah. Like, it was available, um, but you also had to jump through, like, 15 million hoops, unless it was Netflix. Yeah, and Netflix isn't gonna... In 2013, Netflix, I don't think, is going to be doing the, the Scooby-Doo puppet show for children. No. They were too busy trying to get things that already existed that people liked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they just, I, I could see that they just didn't have an audience for it at the time. Yeah. I think they could keep the cartooniness and just, like, have a different vibe, you know what I mean? Like, it could be a little bit more, a little bit less uh, kid, kid-centric, kid you know what I mean? But I don't know. I think it would I involve it some, a lot of reworking. Like, it's not yeah, impossible, but... Is that Scooby-Doo is already targeted towards a younger, like, 12-year-old audience. Mm-hmm. Like, 7 to 12, I think, is the target demographic That's for true. Scooby-Doo. And are tw- 7 to 12-year-olds going to be interested in puppets in 2013? No, you gotta look for that s- below 7. You gotta get them on the Scooby-Doo train early, so that way <laughs> you have them from age 2 to 12. Yeah, exactly. Easily. Um. Anyways. Anyways. Yes. So... Uh, they uh they go they go over to the bluffs. They're at the bluffs now. Mm-hmm. Um, Fred finds a compass. It's got D E written on it. Um, and then they find where the X marks the spot would be, but they hide for a bit because the lighthouse man is there. And Fred Velma and Daphne are like, "We're going to tail the lighthouse man because he's suspicious." Don't worry, 
they won't actually do this. Um, because Shaggy and Scooby, you gotta say, start digging, and as they dig, they find the X that marks the spot. It glows. And it starts, and it starts, starts to flash red. Speaking to them. Uh huh. Do you have it written down? No, I do not. Okay. Stand on ye X, get ready for flight. Ye treasure will soon be in your sight. Meowth, that's right. <laughs> um, it talks. It talks. <laughs> Why does it talk? Uh, Just cause. Yep. It's also a spring launcher. It's a big old spring that comes out the ground and launches them up into the air. Yeah. And throws them onto a pirate ship. That's just there. Mm-hmm. They smell the, the smell of a gross pirate. And the ghost of Gnarly Beard appears behind them. And Fred, Velma, and Daphne are immediately back on the bluff. And they're like, oh, yeah, there they are on the boat. Yeah. We just didn't want to dig. <laughs> We're not actually going to follow the lighthouse, man. Yeah, I was um, like, when it happened, I was expecting... um them to like get back to the area and be like oh no scooby and shaggy are gone no they immediately know what happened to them they're on the that Mm -hmm. ship yep uh and so daphne has a plane because her dad keeps planes stashed all around the world yeah naturally of course Mm -hmm. uh gnarly beard has shaggy and scooby do like crew things like you know them it's a montage of them swapping the deck yeah detangling the necks necks nets um and also, this time, the song is playing from Legend of the Phantasaur. Mm. It's Dig It, Scooby-Doo. Um, which, every time I read it, I, I want to read it in the cadence of Do the Scooby-Doo from the musical, but that is not the same song. Uh, the plane starts beeping, because they're flying through the air. Um, and it starts going down, because they don't know why it's beeping. Because Daphne knows how to fly the plane, she doesn't know how it works. <laughs> which I think is a funny distinction. Yeah. Um... But they can see the boat is heading towards an island, and they are also heading towards that island. Uh, on the boat, Shaggy and Scooby find a stowaway kitten hidden in some barrels. Uh, and they also just find some loose mustard packets. Why not, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do uh, escape. Yep. Uh, well, not not quite just yet. Uh, first, Velma has to say some techno babble that amounts to, Press the button, and that'll fix the plane. And so they press the button and fix the plane. <laughs> They really could have just had the plane crash. Yeah, but no. It makes no difference. Anyways, yeah, Shaggy and Ski were asked to walk the pank, pank? Walk the plank above some sharks. Um, But before they do so, they ask for a last meal. A last meal of a Scooby snack that Scooby eats and turns into a rocket ship and flies away. Yeah. Uh, this would have definitely been a reoccurring gimmick every single episode. Uh, Yes, it's like um that uh, Shaggy and Scooby do get a clue where... Scooby-Doo eats some uh, Scooby snacks that are full of nanomachines, so that way he can turn into different shapes. He has, becomes a shapeshifter in that show. Mm-hmm. I've only watched like two episodes, and I do not care for it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's you know, he does that. He turned into a rocket and pup named Scooby-Doo. Yeah, sure, it's fine. That's part of the, the whole gimmick, is yeah. then you'd float back down to the ground and go, ah. Ah. Um... But yeah, so they escape by just flying away that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they crash into the gang who are also on the ground at the island. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, they got the map. Well, I hear a sound. Let's head towards the sound. And they get there and it's already gnarly beard digging. Yeah. And Fred has a plan to stop him. The plan is that Shaggy and Scooby wear grass skirts and tie him up with lays and then only for a second because then they get chased and then they get caught in a net instead of gnarly beard. And gnarly beard uh, draws a sword on the gang and corners them. To which Fred draws a banana. 
but this does not matter because he is then knocked out by a series of coconuts thrown by Scooby-Doo. Uh, they wrap him up, and it's time to reveal who is Gnarly Beard. So they unmask Gnarly Beard, revealing the, the cat. cat. Uh, yeah, it's the cat from on the ship. Yeah. But it's not actually the cat. No, they unmask the cap, and it... Cap? Unmask the cat, and it's... Shirley! Yep, it's Shirley. The compass that didn't have her initials on it was actually hers, because she stole it from the doctor. Uh, and the mustard was because she was the other kid that got a hot dog. And also, the shovel, for some reason, counted as a clue. I don't think it should have. Um, she's Stu's sister. So, she's also uh, his great-great-great-great-grandkid, maybe. <laughs> uh, Dosker- Dr. Escobar and the lighthouse guy show up. And she's like, ah, I found my discovery. It was this teddy bear that Lighthouse Guy gave me after our first date. Aww. Aww. Uh, Shirley is very put out by this, by the way. It's like, that's your great discovery? Yeah, she, like, went from being, like, uh, like, harmlessly sarcastic to being menacingly sarcastic. Yeah. Very, very bad vibes. Uh, but so the gang opens up the treasure chest, because they found the treasure chest here. Mm Mm-hmm. And inside is a bunch of beard care stuff. You know, shampoos and pomades and brushes. Yeah, naturally. And and that's why I, was, I, I thought they were going to do a thing. I was like, oh, actually, gnarly beard, gnarly beard's beard wasn't so gnarly. It was he kept a great care of it. But you know, whatever. Yeah. But actually, it's he just didn't use any of the stuff. He kept it in a treasure chest. Yeah. Which oh okay. Yeah. Um. So we cut to Shaggy and Scooby using it in a tub. Scooby Dooby Doo. The end. Yeah. How do you feel about this pilot? It's, it's, I understand why it wasn't greenlit, but overall it's I, fine. I think if it was made today, it would have been greenlit. Yeah. Yeah, I think they have, um. They have the technology, they can rebuild it. Yeah, I think they, they could have been either pitched to one of the other streaming services or used on, like, Paramount Plus or HBO Max or whatever. Do you think the puppets would be significantly different nowadays? I don't know because is the um is it just like the Muppets and Sesame Street or just the Muppets rather that Disney has or did they have like the whole Jim Henson workshop? I actually don't know because I know there's the Apple TV Fraggle Rock show that's happening right now. Oh, okay. Disney owns the Muppets. I um I'm reading one from the wiki Muppet wiki. Um. Purchased Muppets and the Big Blue House from the Jim Henson Company, but did not purchase Sesame Street or Fraggle Rock. Okay. But that yeah, was in 2004, so, so I don't know if it's changed yet. Um, it says here on Wikipedia, in 2004, Henson sold the Muppets and the associated trademarks, as well as the series Baron the Big Blue House to Disney, but retains the remainder of the other characters, program, library, and assets. Mm. As of 2021, Brian, Lisa, Cheryl, and Heather Henson maintained control of the company. And et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so the the Jim Henson Creature Shop could still be available. I could see them maybe with the uptick and the new Jim Henson stuff. That yeah. wasn't really happening in 2013. Yeah. Um, in 2013, the only thing that happened by then was the uh, the two Muppets movies. Yeah. I could see a lot more articulation in the designs. Yeah, I, poor uh, poor like, Shaggy deserves a scared face. Yeah. Um, it's very strange that they chose to give him that kind of mouth when every other one of the gang had, like, the kind of a more of, like, a sock puppet mouth. Yeah. Um, but he gets just, like, a mouth flap. 
Yeah. I do really like the Scooby-Doo puppet. The Scooby-Doo puppet's very endearing. It is so endearing. It like it looks exactly like a pup named Scooby-Doo. Pu- mm-hmm. uh, Scooby. And it, it, I really liked how it alternated between having a dangling tongue and not having one. I don't, I don't know. That particular stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't watched the new Fraggle Rock show, but I did listen to an interview with some of the people who worked on it and just hearing some of the stuff they did for that. Sounds like, yeah, if people wanted to get a puppet show going, they could do a lot of cool puppet-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this film is better or worse than Scooby-Doo and the Curse of the 13th Ghost? Oh! Uh... That is the one that was the end of Scooby-Doo, and the, the 13th Ghost of Scooby-Doo. The ghosts may or may not have been real. Vincent Van Gogh was there. I, see, here's um, the thing. Daphne was in charge. I think it's. I think it, this is going to end up being very low on the list. Really? I'm just. May, maybe. Hang on, I'm trying to think. Because like previously, is like I, whenever I was like, oh, I don't know, I kind of defaulted to how good is the mystery, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's two mysteries. Here. There is two mysteries. It is like, but it is a TV show. It's uh huh. It's a movie, but it's also just a plain TV show. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I don't think the, the, in particular with Shirley, I don't think it was a very good mystery because it's like. No, I think Stu was a good one. Yeah. Stu, Stu kind of made sense because like the thing that kicked it all off made sense, right? It's like, oh mm. yeah, I baked the map into the pizza. Oops, that's mine. Um, so now I'm going to cause issues. That made sense. I think if they established that Stu and Shirley were siblings in the first episode, yeah, it would have landed better in the second half. Yeah. Or if they had found out while they were, like, if we had been given that information of, ah, uh, yes, they are siblings. If that was a clue instead of Shirley's shovel. Yeah. Because every shovel sounds the same, Velma. Yeah. They're just shovels. Yeah. Um... Curse of the Thirteenth Ghost. Why did Curse of the Thirteenth Ghost get so low? I don't remember. It was middling. Yeah. It's, this is literally the middle. What are your thoughts? I so here's the thing is that I'm a, I am meeting this thing on the level that it's at. Like this is a pilot for a puppet show that presumably is pointed towards children. Yeah. Trying um, to compare on that it to level. All the other movies. Is I that think really it's pretty hard? good. You know, it I, is. Good. It's yeah. one of the. I had an all right time. Like if I had to take care of some children. It was very charming. Uh, yeah, this is like not a thing that I would be upset having to watch with them. Yeah. Hmm. I would I'm... say that it is better than um, that the, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse thing that happened <laughs> in like twenty or two thousand eight or whatever. Hmm. I could go either way, because uh, like here's the um, thing, right? The, the I bottom think it's half... worse. I here, here I have a thing that I wanted to be just above. Yeah. And I think. I can just put it there because it is it is two steps below Curse Curse of the Thirteenth Ghost. I think it is better than both of the Lego Scooby Doo movies. Yeah, that that makes sense to me because a lot of these movies that are on the bottom half are actually like they're decent. Yeah, like you only get really into the the really bad movies, um, towards the re- really bottom of the list. Obviously. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's on the list now. Mm-hmm. And time for the actual last time. I know we said it was done before, but we, you know, I had I had this up my sleeve the whole time. I, you know, parting the curtain here. Yeah. This is this is truly the last episode. Yeah. Um, so this is for real the last time of reading this until there is a new movie. From the bottom to the top, 
Monster of Mexico, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers, Return to Zombie Island, Scooby-Doo Goes Hollywood, Scooby-Doo and Arabian Nights, Samurai Sword, Frank and Creepy, Curse of the Lake Monster, Gourmet Ghost, WWE Curse of the Speed Demon, Alien Invaders, Loch Ness Monster, Legend of the Vampire, Aloha Scooby-Doo, WrestleMania Mystery, Zombie Island, Music of the Vampire, Scooby-Doo 2002, Mask of the Blue Falcon, Lego Scooby-Doo Blowout Beach Bash, Pirates Ahoy, Lego Scooby-Doo Haunted Hollywood, Scooby-Doo Adventures the Mystery Map, Big Top, Curse of the 13th Ghost, Stage Fright, Scoob, Sword in the Scoob, Moon Monster Madness, School School, Sonic the Hedgehog 2020, Scooby-Doo the Mystery Begins, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Cyber Chase, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, Happy Halloween, Scooby-Doo, Legend of the Phantasaur, Shaggy Showdown, Abracadabra Doo, Daphne and Velma, and Batman Brave and the Bold, Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery, Where's My Mummy, Chill Out Scooby-Doo, Straight Out of Nowhere, Goblin King, Witches, Ghost, Camp Scare. Yep. Ta-da. And on our list, we are sitting at 102% completion. <laughs> don't say we don't give it our all. <laughs> also, I just lo- I was looking at the list while I was reading it, and um, the three movies that they pulled this music from are very high on the list. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, uh, the lowest one of those is Legend of the Phantasaur, which is still number 12. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Goodness. All right. It's time to say our actual farewells. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've done, because we've done this like two or three times where we've been like lamenting the end of the show. Mm-hmm. It's, it feels weird to do it again, but like I actually do just, I, I am getting a little emotional again. Cause yeah. It's, I said it before, it's the end of an era. It's been a long, what, three years? Uh, three and a half, four years, something like that. Yeah. Started, so started in April. The, yeah, so we started this the year before I left Georgia. And I've been here for three years. So Four? It's been four years total. It's been four years. Four years of the show. And we're going like, off with a bang. Um, yeah. So I, I got the jug here. It's full of juice. Um, I, I just want to thank everyone for coming on this journey with us. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's nice that people like the show. I I think it's nice that, um, I know people who just started listening within the past couple months. Yeah. Uh, and that they like it. Uh, they, they heard the, the horrible things that we did to April Fool's Day last year. <laughs> <laughs> and their reaction wasn't like, oh, what a good April Fool's Day joke. It was like, oh, I guess this episode's just in the feed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> They didn't realize that it was an April Fool's Day joke. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, we gotta, we gotta do, we gotta reset the universe here. Uh, we got, we got enough energy here that we could set off the, the reverse bomb. Um, but this is ground zero. I don't, I don't think we're gonna make it back from this bees. No, I don't think so either. Um, it's been a pleasure doing this with you. Uh, I'm so glad. On the other side. I'll see ya. Yeah, you know where you can find us. Yeah. You've said it enough times. And if you don't know, there's always the other episodes in the feed. Yeah. Um, so, here we go. 